1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for the second half of the Curtain Call. Um, once again, my name is Michael Beck, joined as always by Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, Jeffrey, what do you think of the two Texas A&M guys? Are, are, you, uh, are you excited about uh about their presence, or, or are they two guys that you were expecting to go
0: in the fourth round? Or what's your kind of vibe on these two guys? I'll start with Buddy Johnson. Uh, I think he did a great job talking to Buddy Johnson, and really, uh, some people in the live chat were saying it, but he sound like they're saying he sounds like a more athletic version of Vince Williams, and that's what we were saying on this show. What the what do the Steelers need? They need Vince Williams, but more athletic, and so this this young guy is going to come in and be that kind of a player. Right, he's that kind of a player, and he's gonna have Vince Williams. And I I have no doubt Mike Tomlin's like, Vince, like, get into this kid's head what it means to be a Steelers linebacker. Uh, someone did an article talking about it, and they talked to Vince Williams about it, about what it meant and what he when he first came to the Steelers, uh, what was taught to him by veterans, by former players. Uh, and they they had quotes from people like like talking about how. Vince Williams is kind of carrying that Steeler linebacker attitude of just go in there and be like the biggest dog in the, in the, on the field, be that dude that just goes in there and and takes the will out of the other team. I, I think you're going to see Mike Tallon pull Vincent say, Hey, you know, get that into this kid because he has that ability. He has that kind of mentality. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I love the idea of him because he's, he is the guy we wanted. Like we didn't, we didn't know about him at the time. We weren't really into Buddy Johnson, but as we look into him, he is exactly what we wanted the Steelers to get for that inside linebacker spot. So I'm excited about him. Uh, I don't think he'll be, you know, a big time player in his first year. Uh, But I I think he is, he is the future to go along with Devin Bush. And it's a very exciting tandem. Those two, the idea of those two right now, Uh, as for Dan Moore, I got to agree with him. Like, I agree with him also on that one. Like Dan Moore is this guy that's got wonderful traits that you like. He's got a temper, uh, temperament that you want, but there's stuff he needs to work on, right? So you're going to have to get him in, coach him up, you know, give him a shot.
2: Yeah, exactly. If you just have the guys in the right scheme, I, I think that's really all you can ask for. Um, before we continue on, though, I, I really. I really want to go back. Take a step back here. Uh, just your genuine thoughts. Are you at all a
0: fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins and and hockey in general? Yeah, I'm. I'm a much more casual fan. Right. right. I get I get crazy into stats and and film with football hockey. I just like to watch a game.
2: Now, uh, of course, uh, for everyone listening yeah. at, at this point, you probably already know the Penguins have been eliminated for from the playoffs. So I do I do apologize from the bottom of my Canadian heart. For that, but um, <laughs> uh, do you think the city is a little snake bitten right now when it comes to, to playoffs? Because of course the Steelers—they've uh, only won what three playoff games this past decade. Uh, the Penguins, of course, uh, they uh, won a couple cups, but since then have struggled
0: uh, a bit in the playoffs. Do you think the city snake bitten, or do you believe in curses? I, I wouldn't say it's a curse. I think you know the the really the truly special teams and the truly special players are kind of hard to come by. Uh, the Penguins got a little spoiled with, what was it? Four top three picks in four years there with uh flurry, Balkan, Crosby, and, and Jordan stall. Uh, so we, I, I think more than anything, uh, we're kind of spoiled in Pittsburgh uh, with everything, but baseball and, yeah, I, I, it's just kind of normal. Like the guys get older, the players that really fit with these guys are gone, and and you know you got stars trying to rebuild. You're trying to rebuild something that's that's fleeting. You know, it's it's constantly moving on, and guys are constantly getting older. You know, players aren't what they used to be. Letang and Malkin, they're not the guys they used to be, right? They can't do it all season. Uh, so for me. This is, this is kind of what you get. This is what you get when guys start getting older. And you know what? Uh, we'll,
2: we'll get back to, back to football here. But I will say, uh, being a fan of the Vancouver Canucks, it could be a whole <laughs> heck of a lot worse. Uh, you could not be watching playoff hockey at all. That seems to be uh, the plight of my hockey team. But uh, yeah. I, I guess the big news of the week, of course, we're in organized team activities now. Uh, basically, uh, there's a, a few storylines that are worth the following. Uh, is there one that jumps off paper off the paper right now to you that uh, you're most interested in watching over the course of these, uh, kind of, uh, padded, I uh, use air quotes, but padded practices.
0: What I find interesting is, is there's no receivers. <laughs> like you're <What>? watching sure. <laughs> you <laughs> got a film of like Ben Roethlisberger there and he's throwing, who's he throwing to? Oh, it's another running back. Oh, it's the backup. It's another depth tight end. Like he's throwing long he's throwing the ball downfield to guys that aren't wide receivers. It's cracking me up. It's just it's OTAs. It's it is what it is. And I guess when you really don't have, you know, all your all your wide receivers were here last year. There's no rookie. So, you know, they they can pretty much do what they want. They don't have to really show up. Uh but I'm I'm it's OTAs. Uh more than anything, uh they're on the field. Right? For me, this is actually happening. We're getting news that the NFL is going to be at full capacity for the whole season. Like I just, it's absolutely phenomenal to me. And I absolutely love that that it's really back. Like football is really back. We're gonna have an actual offseason. Uh, and that's huge to me for this season. It's huge because we didn't have it last year. Uh,
2: we got a super chat here in the live chat from double h who puts 1999 in the tip jar thank you so much for that that's a huge tip uh he says for a long-suffering canuck fan and his co-host who has to list about it <laughs> hey when we get off air there's a lot of me complaining so jeffrey definitely uh, deserves <laughs> that uh double h if you if you have a question make sure to, to throw it in there uh, i'll get to that as well um I guess kind of one of the storylines that I've kind of been watching uh since uh, the start of OTAs, Najee Harris, uh, he's getting a ton of coverage. Uh, when you look across really all the rookies in the NFL, I'm not sure there's one player that gets post post more than Najee Harris. When you're looking across social media or any form of media, really, he's kind of the, 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 the name everyone's just been jumping towards, but uh what do you think of uh, Najee Harris? Is this the Najee Harris show? Is this the preview of a, a player that's about to go on an offensive rookie of the year type tear? Or is this a, is this an exciting time or what's your vibe with uh, Najee Harris in uh, OTAs?
0: Najee Harris is the star of the show. He really is. Uh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's in his 800th season. Uh, you know, everyone's, I guess the, the luster's really off after last year of the offense. Like, it's crazy to think that when, when you know, we, we spent a lot of time as, a, as an offense that was scoring a pretty good amount of points uh, until we weren't. I should caveat that we were for a while and then we weren't. Um, an offense that showed promise and then really fell apart, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, no one from that offense really looks good right now. No one's there. You're not sitting there looking at any of them saying, that's the dude. You know that's the dude that we're excited to see this year is how that player develops. No, it's all Najee. It's all Najee Harris. Like we've we've got to get back to the run game. Okay, run game was was just awful last year. Uh, worse. I mean, we were thirty second, but it was worse than that. As I like to tell people, uh, we were top ten through five weeks. So so not only we were the worst, we were were bad enough the worst that we dropped from top ten to the worst in at eleven games uh we and and we were there before the 11th game (laughs) before that last game too uh it was bad so he is he's the guy you know he is the what we're gonna watch If, if if Najee is running then mission accomplished we have a run game uh and and that's the key we've been looking at to get Ben to play better when does Ben play better when we have a run game when there's a threat pulling those those linebackers up into run defense a bit well now the now he can throw those routes that he couldn't throw last year because linebackers were starting to, you know, six seven yards off the line of scrimmage because they're just being like, "Hi, you can't run. We're not. We're not even coming up there. We don't care." Uh, so, yeah, I I really think he is the biggest. He might be the biggest draft pick in, in fan expectation and and in excitement since Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, anyone else bigger than him? In that time, I don't think anyone has been this exciting in that time. Yeah, and you know, with
2: Najee Harris and his kind of brief couple practices who we've got to see some clips, I will say the offensive skill player outside of Harris that has looked kind of like jumped off the paper the most thus far is Anthony McFarlane, who like when you're watching some of these drills, He looks really fast, which is exactly the kind of change of pace back I think you'd want to have when you have a Najee Harris uh, in front of you. Are you expecting a a bit of a step here in uh, 2021 for Anthony McFarland,
0: especially being perhaps the RV2? I think he fits that, like what you want. Like you said, I think he really fits the change of pace you want for Najee Harris. And Matt Canada has taken over the offense. McFarland. When in his one season at Maryland, uh, he started off playing wingback. He was doing jet sweeps, and he was a receiver. He was he was catching passes downfield. Steelers, I mean, the Steelers threw a downfield pass to him on, you know, what was it, a fourth and one, something like that. Yes. They threw, it was like a short yardage. Yeah. And uh, they threw downfield to him. They're, he's going to see that. Like, if he's the number two running back, he's going to get action. In this offense, he will get some some plays. He will get some stuff drawn up for him because if he has that speed, he's a mismatch. And now he's had a year in the NFL last year. I, I can't even imagine trying to transition from, you know, the end of the season he had where he was banged up at the end of the season with Farland of his college season. And he goes in to the pros and there's no OTAs. There's no training at the facility. You're on your own. You, you got like your rookie signing bonus, but that's it. That's the only money you've gotten. Like it's going to be hard for those guys, especially in a new town. You've got to find people to train with. You've got to find stuff to do. To have a whole season in, to be in Pittsburgh, know the offense, know what he's getting into, and have an actual real season to train and prepare, uh, I think this could be a very big season for Anthony McFarlane. I could see him having a pretty good jump. I guess to play
2: devil's advocate on that side, as long as Mike Tomlin is the head coach, I'm I'm not going to suggest that the running back two is going to get too many carries. It just goes kind of against his core beliefs, really. And like since Le'Veon Bell, even James Conner, if there's been a bell cow back, they're getting the ball. And they're going to get it a ton. Would you agree with that? Or would you still say Anthony McFarlane should take off this year?
0: I think you're going to see a little bit of a difference because, what you saw with like Le'Veon Bell was when they put in D'Angelo Williams, you had to change your run blocking. You don't want to do that in the middle of a series. You don't even want to do that. Like, okay, this game, this series, we're going to run block differently, and the next series, we're going to run block for this other guy, and then we're going to switch back. Like, that's that's rough to do on an offensive line. Uh, so we saw mostly like Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams both would have good numbers, but it was because Bell would miss some games. And then the offense would change. Like they change how they blocked. Uh, With 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 Connor and these other guys, they're too similar. Like Benny Snell and James Connor, they're they're too close together. Uh, For me, Harris, if McFarland is making plays, he's going to keep getting the ball. He's going to get chances. If he is not gaining yards, if he is not making the most of his chances, then you're not going to. Right. It's like last season, Benny Snell. Uh, when he comes in as a change of pace guy or as a, as a backup, he doesn't do well in games where he only where he carried the ball like ten times or less. His average was like under two yards per carry. When he carried it more than fifteen times, it was it was pretty good, you know, for for how bad our offense was. It was it was pretty good. It was up there with James Conner's numbers. Uh, so he wasn't that guy. They tried to let Anthony McFarlane be that guy. It, it didn't work out in year one. Uh, we'll see year two. I but I I think it all depends on the value you're getting from him. If he's gaining yards, if he's making plays, he's going to get a chance to play. We saw the same thing uh, in 2019 when Kareth White would come in. And when it was Benny Snell and Kareth White, Kareth White would get carries because he was bright. He had the speed and Benny Snell, you know, did not. So it worked and they would, they would use both of them. So I, I think he's got a good chance to get, to get some decent carries while Najee is playing.
2: You mentioned Benny Snell. Of course, the way this kind of running back room is kind of shaping up, it seems like he'll probably be the defensive third back. Do you think there's a chance he doesn't even make this team? Or is, uh, is, this, is this the end of the line for Benny Snell? Or are they going to keep him around
0: just to be a depth piece? I think Benny Snell is pretty much a lock. Uh, partly because we're going to be running a lot of inside zone. Uh, and even outside Zone, Benny Snell is then he sells a zone runner. Uh, so I think he will fit with Matt Canada's run style a little better than he did uh, with what we were running under Andy Feakner because james Conner James Connor and Benny Snell had different kinds of reads. It, 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 none of the offense fit really really fit what either of them did well. Um, so I think I think Snell fits better what Matt Canada does. So he would be kind of the, Re, Naji replacement. Like if, if Naji's missing the game or they want to limit his carries, then it's, it's time for, you know, good old Benny Snell football. Benny Snell, Benny,
2: no Jets, as one former <laughs> BTSC uh, host used to say all the time. But anyway, um, when it comes, to, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second here because we didn't discuss this, but in kind of the spirit of a surprise cut, um would you say there's anyone on this team that you could point at and be like, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy didn't make the team after training camp and someone that could potentially, could potentially either be playing a decent amount or could be on the chopping block. Is
0: there one name that pops out to you? As a potential cut. Yeah. I, I, as much as I just said, I think he's a lock. It would be Benny Snell. If anyone, if anyone's going, that's who I would expect to be the one to go. Uh, but in my mind, that would take some serious, serious game from uh, Jalen Samuels or Kalen Ballage. Really stepping up and kind of taking that job from him. And then he's expendable. Uh, I think if I were to give you a name, just because of how many defense alignment the Steelers
2: have added, maybe Chris Warmley. Uh, of course, he, he just got that two year oh. deal. Um, but they draft, I see, a louder milk. Who knows what the guy's behind him. Uh, It it seemed like he got that deal more specifically because Tyson Alualu didn't originally get one from the Steelers. That's why I kind of saw them going right back to Wormley. But eh, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I'm not really banking on too many surprise cuts, but like you said, Snell could be one, uh, or perhaps if uh, some crazy free agent that we weren't expecting to come down the pipeline, I I suppose if that were to happen, uh, then they might... uh, They might be in the mood to to move off of someone to bring someone else in, but with those moves, it's more of a wait-and-see thing. One of the bigger storylines, though, here in training camp – or OTAs, rather, excuse me – Ben Roethlisberger showing up and going through all these reps. Do you think this is a big deal? Should should we make something of this? Because this isn't typically something Ben Roethlisberger would be showing up to.
0: Yeah, I think he saw last year – how he didn't have, you know, chemistry with his receivers. He didn't have that developed. He could skip OTAs, come back, and throw the ball to Antonio Brown. Like, it didn't matter. Antonio Brown and and Ben Roethlisberger for several years there probably could have skipped most of training camp, showed up week one in torch teams. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he's gone. You've got, you know, Deontay Johnson, uh James Washington and Chase Claypool, who Ben hasn't thrown much to either any of those guys before last season, much at all. And and there's growing pains there and there's drops and there's issues with the game. So I, I think you're seeing Ben Roethlisberger realize, you know what, I, I have the opportunity now to have this offseason. And he's kind of seen the value of it last year when they didn't have it and how much it cost them. Uh, the other quarterback in camp right now that is drawing a lot of attention. Of course,
2: they're all there uh, currently at OTAs. But Dwayne Haskins, his first time uh, wearing black and gold to practice, uh, stepping on the field. W- what are your thoughts on him? Like, uh, have you seen any clips of him throwing the ball? Or are you excited about this guy? Could could he could the Steelers actually have something here?
0: Uh, I am not going to be excited about ba- about any quarterbacks during during like drills. Like if you if you can't throw a ball down the field to a receiver who's not covered and who's just running, like if you can't do that, then then you shouldn't be in the NFL. Uh, I mean, Devlin Hodges could do that fine. Uh, Paxton Lynch looked good when he didn't have defenders on the field. Yeah, he. he... <laughs> so uh, so I'm not gonna get excited about quarterbacks till preseason. I am incredibly excited that we have we have still have four preseason games. We got that extra game in a season where we have uh, Dwayne Haskins because he's going to get some serious time. Uh, and I always hate it because at the end of the games, it used to be the Steelers at the end of the at the end of the preseason game, you get Landry Jones in there, and it'd be like, "Well, are we going to see?" Oh, you know, you get excited, be like, "Oh, maybe one of these depth wide receivers is going to be something," and they didn't even have a chance to catch the ball because Landry Jones was terrible. Uh, and then we, we now have legit guys, you know, they can, at least in preseason, they can be like dominant in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph, they both have wins as starters in the NFL. If either of them is playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, they should be lighting people up. So I'm excited for that. That's going to be fun. It'll just be fun. I agree. And it's going to be one of those battles that I think are going to be really fun
2: uh, to just watch throughout training camp when it comes to position battles. though, what, to, what are you most excited for as we kind of uh, move through this off process and get through mini camps and uh, eventually training camp? What's what are the most exciting uh, training camp position battles?
0: Cornerback. I'm very excited. Uh, I talk him up all the time. But James Pierre, I'm really, I am really want to see what he can bring in a second season because his film from his first season was incredible. And, you know, obviously NFL offenses will get to see what he did, maybe figure out where his weaknesses are. Maybe it was a little bit of, you know, we'll test this guy, but we don't really know what he's good at and what he isn't. So we'll just kind of avoid him. But he looked good. I, I, I want to see him play. I want to see how that plays out. In those contests, because that's actually for playing time too. Uh Dan Moore is a big one I'm watching because man, I want to see him play. Because Chooks for you know what you're getting in the run game with Chukes, right? He's he's a he's a decent kind of outside zone blocker, uh, and that's about it. You know he's 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 passable. It's like Kelvin Beachum. You know you're gonna get what you get from him. It's not terrible, uh, but it's not the guy you want run blocking out there at tackle. So Dan Moore puts a lot of hope in this team. If he is a tackle and he is a guy that can actually you know either be the swing tackle this year and then take over next year or even come in at some point in this season and kind of take that job, Dan Moore is, is a big one. Kendrick Green, too. I, I think he's going to win that, but that is an actual battle, him and B.J. Finney. So that's another one. One half hour, but <laughs> I'm kidding. Um,
2: I see a lot of people in the live chat bringing up the, 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 <laughs> the sarcastic laugh. I, I love that. Um, I see a lot of people in the oh live chat bringing up the punter battle. Uh, if Presley Harvin third <laughs> doesn't win that job, I would be befuddled. Uh, Goodness me. Um, Outside of that, I think I'm excited to see how the wide receivers kind of jimmy themselves uh, in terms of what position they will play within the receiving core. I I think there's a lot of reason to believe it's kind of still up for grabs what spot each guy will play um, just based on the way some of the receivers are talking. So that will be something I'm excited in watching. Outside of that, there really isn't too many position battles. Of course, you you got, I guess, that third quarterback slot, uh, whether or not Dwayne Haskins is someone the Steelers risk on the practice squad or what have you. So I guess that's kind of interesting to watch, but there really isn't too, too much uh, other than what you've already expressed. Um, I, I guess to move on for possibly the last question of the show here, I'm thinking more specifically about the second-year players. They're kind of getting a a little bit of love here, especially today on social media, Um, those being Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, who obviously came in in a camp jacked out of his mind. I had a story run on the website today with uh, Alex Highsmith uh, putting on some masks. Uh, Then you got Kevin Dotson, who also looks shredded for a guard. Uh, He looks ready to take over the starting duties. Uh, And then, of course, Anthony McFarlane, like we talked about earlier, Who looks impressively fast in camp, as well as some other guys. What Carlos Davis, uh, Brian Anthony Davis's illegitimate son, Uh, (laughs) uh, then the safety that I can't remember. (laughs) I'm blanking on the name of the safety. No, no, uh,
0: from the year before.
2: Oh, Um, from Maryland. Junior
0: Anthony Brooks Jr. Antoine Antoine Brooks. Brooks
2: Jr. We got there. We did it. I'm proud of us. Good for us. Which second-year so player time. is going to take the biggest step in 2021? It took a while to get there, but we got to the question. Ooh, basically. the biggest
0: step. Yeah. Ooh, because Chase Claypool is gonna is gonna be phenomenal. Uh, but he he had ten. T- it's like what eleven touchdowns last season, including and rushing. Yeah, like eleven. Yeah, or 12 like that's that's like it's hard to take a step up from that. Like it's legitimately difficult to take a significant step up from a from a double digit touchdown season, uh, so I'm gonna go with Alex Highsmith because he is he is definitely stepping up, um, and he's gonna he's gonna produce over there. He's gonna be a productive player.
2: I would agree with that. Um, you're not getting like sexy stats out of a guard, even though I think Dotson will be oh, outstanding. Be a beast. Um, uh, like you said with Claypool, like a uh, touchdown wise, it would it, be really a challenge for him to improve on what he did. I think yardage and reception wise, I think he'll take a step, but Alex Highsmith is due. He's going to play a ton. Uh, yeah. And obviously he's in better shape. Uh, not that he wasn't in bad shape last year, but I think he'll be better against the run. Uh, we know he's got a litany of pass rush moves. I think he could also take a pretty substantial step forward in 2021. But as we approach the top of the hour here, uh, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug uh, before we sign off?
0: Actually, can I, can I, can I divert the show? You you mentioned the wide receivers and positioning. Uh, I want to throw this out really quickly here. Um, they're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster playing on the outside more. And, and what that immediately triggered to me was watching Matt Canada's system in his offense. They He uses uh, tight ends, running backs, wing backs, full backs, and smaller, faster slot receivers, like a guy like Pitt, Quadri, Henderson, in that slot receiver role, which is very different than what the Steelers started doing under Todd Haley, uh, where – the Z receiver kind of, Richard Mann will always say, the Z receiver becomes the slot, slides into the slot, and there's a guy that goes outside of him like a James Washington or Mark Davis Bryant would go outside of Juju, um, even when Randy Feekner took over. That's gone. That's not going to be how the wide receivers work in Matt Canada's offense. Uh, and so you're probably going to see Juju running the Z and that not turning into the slot. That guy staying out there. Uh, so that's gonna be a very interesting change to this offense. Is Deontay Johnson in the slot? It, you know how, how is that gonna work out? I, I'm a big, big fan of Chase Claypool being the X receiver. Uh, I, I you know, we we used we used to use Antonio Brown there, uh, but I think Chase Claypool was at his best in that spot, and you know, kind of Deontay Johnson in the slot moving around a bit more. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. What they do, but I did want to I did want to bring that up because it is a different way these wide receivers are going to be used, and it is going to be interesting when they actually do show up uh, for mandatory minicamps to watch how they line up, what they're doing, what kind of routes they're running, uh, because this is a different offense and it's going to use those wide receivers in a little bit different ways.
2: Um, I that's just great stuff. Um, outside of that, though, is there anything you want to plug?
0: I'll Um, give that back to you. (laughs) No, we just dropped a – Dave and I just dropped a vertex uh, on the inside linebackers. Last week we did, you know, comparing Avery Williamson at the end of the season with Devin Bush. Uh, Wasn't the most fair comparison to make for poor Avery Williamson. He wasn't that bad, but, you know, he's not Devin Bush. Uh, This week we're talking about the guys. We talked about the guys across from Devin Bush, uh, Robert Splane and Vince Williams, comparing them, what they bring. Uh, so check that out. It's always good. And I'm working on, I'm doing some pieces on Canada's offense from offenses from college where I'm just taking a single play and breaking down, uh, what he does. I've I've got another one coming this week. I don't know when I've actually got to do it (laughs) maybe early next week. Who knows?
2: Uh, and we will love it when that content gets here. <laughs> um, aside from that, I just want to remind people to click over to behind the Of course it's OTAs. We're compiling a, a mega list of all the stuff that's uh, dropping every single day. So make sure you're clicking over behind the and getting that roundup outside of that last thing I want to remind people of. Uh, Make sure you're checking out the the secondary AM shows. You can find those wherever you get your classic podcasts from, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Pandora, what have you. Uh, We are running a a contest where uh, there is an article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com explaining all the rules, but basically you are uh, waiting for a secret code, uh, some music plays, and you have to listen to every single AM show from Monday to Friday, this week, uh, that's the three uh, let's rides the Monday, Wednesday, Friday version, my live mic, uh, from Tuesday, and Dave, Dave Schofield's uh, Stack Geek, which of course drops on Thursday. So make sure you're checking those out and getting that secret code. Uh, you could win some sweet free merch from Breaking Tees and Behind the Steel Curtain. So make sure uh, you're, lo- you're, you're locked in. Uh, for all that and get yourself some sweet Steeler stuff, which we all know we we need more of uh, being Steeler fans. But with all that being said, uh, my name is Michael Beck and for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.